Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirstie. I guarantee you're going to love this week's book. (laughs) I guarantee (laughs) I quill. Because today we're talking with Ryan T. Higgins about his new picture book, Norman Didn't Do It. Yes, he did. It's a story about the complications (laughs) of friendship and stars an adorable porcupine named Norman and his best friend, a tree named Mildred. I love the anthropomorphized trees and how Ryan's expressive illustrations create so much humor. We're excited to talk with Ryan about his creative process. Let's talk. Ryan, we all know and love your Bruce character and the many adventures he's had, but this book brings readers a new character to fall in love with a porcupine named Norman, and also Mildred. (laughs) Yes, Mildred too. What was the inspiration behind Norman's story? Yeah, I don't really know. I (laughs) was originally going to be just making a book about a sloth who was friends with a tree. Yes. The story was very linear. I liked the idea of a character that's friend was an inanimate object. That was sort of the little nugget of an idea for this, but it didn't really go anywhere. So it just sat on my desktop for a long time until my editor at the time and I were talking about it. And she asked, what would happen if another tree was involved? Or are there other trees that Norman has a relationship with? The sloth was originally in the end. Okay. it's always been Norman. We changed it from a sloth to a porcupine pretty early on once I started going, just because there were a lot of sloth books coming out. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be on the tail end of a popular sloth surge. So. That makes sense. Sure. <laughs> it was when my editor just asked about other trees and stuff. So at that point, that was when we started thinking about another tree growing nearby. And when that happened, the story wrote itself. So mm. that was sort of the, the impetus for the story. And it's perfect. It's so much fun. Oh my it's goodness. It's just so much fun. As an author illustrator, what typically comes first for you? Is it the words or the art? It's always the words. I'm a visual thinker, but I usually write my stories down first. I always do. So they come to me almost like an animated short or an animated movie mm, and I try to translate wow. them. My first drafts usually look like a manuscript for like a play. So I'll have the narrator says this, the characters say this, everything looks like this. So even though I write everything out, I think very visually. So it's always the words first. I do almost no drawing when I'm 
doing my draft. Once that's mostly done, I'll shift into illustrator mode. I kind of try to keep it separate. Interesting. I don't work well with myself, if that makes sense. <laughs> so I have like an illustrator brain and a writer brain and they're usually at odds. So I usually am working on two or three stories at once. So if mm. my brain's like, I must draw now then I will be working on the illustration part <laughs> for one book. Okay. Whereas if my brain is like, I can't do that anymore. Now I must write. Then I'll shift over <laughs> to working on writing. I love it. That's can, great. Can you give us a look into your writing and illustration process for this story? There's a lot of sitting and thinking and percolating before everything kind of clicked into place. So usually with a book, yeah. with this one too, I'll write for about a month, I would say. Although I'm doing lots of things at once. So writing for a month, really means writing for five or six months. But if you were to <laughs> condense that down to sure. how much I was working on one story. So there's lots of editing and going back and forth with my editor. It's typically most of my writing process is rewriting. I, mm -hmm. I will write my first draft in like two days. Nice. And then the, the rest of the month is all just writing and rewriting and editing and fixing up. And at some point, once you've done your 30th or 40th draft, you don't like your story anymore. <laughs> That's when you know you're doing a good job. <laughs> I don't know what's funny anymore. Then that means it's good. <laughs> so once we get to that point, I'll start illustrating. With illustrating, it's kind of similar. There's a lot of editing and fixing and changing and moving stuff around. The illustration process is more concrete for me. First, I'll do my dummy sketches. The writing process is different in that I'll just kind of, whatever creatively works, I'll do. But with the illustration process, it's always the same Step. I'll do my dummy sketches. That usually takes me a week. So dummy sketches are just very simple, quick drawings. And even though they're the quickest, that's usually the mentally most fatiguing. And then I'll move into my pencil drawings, which I just will take my dummy drawings. And then I'll open up a Photoshop document and blow my dummy drawings up. And they'll be super rough, but I'll pencil on top of them. On my computer, I say penciling, but... It's a stylus, so I'm stylusing. <laughs> uh, then I'll yeah. draw on top of those. And I'll do the whole book, the pencils first. Then I'll send that to my editor. And so they can look at it. And that gives the editor and book designer a chance to really look at what the book will look like in final form. And we'll spend a while talking about that. The okay. penciling takes me maybe a month. Oh. And then after it gets the green light from my editor and designer, then I'll go right into inking and coloring. I do those together usually, and that'll take me another two months. So all together, it's about three months to illustrate, a couple months to, to write. So it's like, I can do a book in like three or four months usually. Wow. So we love all the names that you come up with for your characters. You, you know, you've got Bruce and Penelope, right? And your dinosaur character and Norman and Mildred. Where do you come up with the names for your characters? I spend a very long time naming characters. I spend even longer naming my pets and even longer <laughs> naming our children. Our daughter, Cecilia, didn't have a name for a couple of days. So wow. They, they told us we had to have a name before we took her home. Oh so my goodness. <laughs> I, I feel like the names are really important in defining the characters. You, That's you have true. to Definitely. just the right name. Norman's name was always Norman. It just clicked. Mm -hmm, and then Mildred, Mildred was just, I thought was a fun name. My aunt's name was Mildred. I wanted an old-fashioned name because mm -hmm. I feel like Mildred's a tree, so she must be kind of old. So, you know, she's a full-grown tree. I think I have to come up with a name for the other tree for the next book. Yeah. So is there a next book with these characters? Yeah, yeah. I, I have most of the idea figured out, and it involves another other tree oh. who, comes, who has a name, too. <laughs> 
The naming process, yeah, that's it. It takes a little while. Penelope is named after my tortoise. Oh, I have a Penelope. And the reason we named my dinosaur Penelope was because we couldn't use the name Penelope for our daughter because we had a tortoise named Penelope. <laughs> Bruce was pretty easy because we needed a name that rhymed with goose. Mm-hmm. And- I love that. So what was one of the hardest parts to work on for Norman? Did you find the words more difficult or the art more of a challenge? The words, I think, were a little more difficult than the art once I finished the character design. So character design is always tricky for me. Once I get that down, Norman's pretty easy to draw. He's just a giant face in a gumdrop-shaped, <laughs> like, prickly body. So <laughs> he's, he was, he's not too hard to draw. The words were tricky. The storyline itself was difficult in some aspects in that I wanted it to be dark enough to be interesting and but almost ridiculous. So it was hard to find that. You succeeded. Yeah, that's a good balance. You have a great balance there. It was hard to find that balance. I took a lot of inspiration from Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart. Oh, interesting. The classic. I wanted to do kind of a dark story, but because it's with trees, it could be ridiculous and funny. Mm -hmm. There's a few times where in the first and second, third draft, Norman went like too overboard with his reaction (laughs) or his guilt took up way too many pages. That's great. So you just have this knack for creating these irresistible characters and they beg for multiple books. What's your secret? I don't know. I feel like a lot of it's intuitive for me. First of all, I didn't go to school to be a writer or illustrator. I went to school to be a biologist. Wow. I wanted to be a wildlife biologist. I mean, I always wanted to be a cartoonist, but my backup job was a wildlife biologist. So I don't have any schooling on, you know, the theory of writing a story or I don't map out my stories. I write what is interesting to me or what's funny to me. I think my secret or my formula is that I never really grew up. I'm 37, but I'm basically just a big hairy fourth grader. So (laughs) I, I, I think that what I find funny is generally what kids find funny. And so I think that when I'm making a story, I'm just really making something that makes me laugh. And that generally translates to kids laughing. I do not set out to make books for children. I just make a book that I find funny and it just happens to be kid lit. So I have a question. So when you're reading your books to kids, do you have special voices for your characters like Norman? I just change my inflection and my excitability. So, you know, with Norman, he's just kind of, he's got like high anxiety. Like with Norman, you know, when he goes, and who is that? It's, that's my voice. I like just, it. <laughs> yeah. I, it's almost Jerry Seinfeldy. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the creation of this book? This one in particular, it was a lot of fun because I got to deal with sort of darker humor. And I got away with a vaguely nefarious crime in it. <laughs> you know, just that whole nighttime yes. scene. And oh, it's great. It was fun because it's not like subversive exactly, but th- there's some things that happen that are kind of dark. It's really fun to get away with putting that in the picture books. I almost have a murder in here. Oh, not a murder. I almost have a, it's like a kidnapping. It's right? like a kidnapping. I almost have a kidnapping. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tree it's a napping. Kidnapping, but it does involve like a almost looks like a grave robbery type scene. <laughs> yes. I got away with that one in this book, and then I got away with a character eating other characters, and we don't eat our classmates. Right. So yes. Going through the different crimes people can commit. In <laughs> and, I'm having a lot of fun with that. This is so much fun. 
So much fun. Okay, so when someone reads Norman, what do you hope they feel or learn? I don't set out with messages when I write a book, but when I'm done with the book, I realize there are messages in it or someone mm-hmm. will tell me there's a message in it. With this one, it's about accepting change. And it's about if your friend has another friend, it doesn't mean you have less friend. It just means something different. It means either you're sharing your friend, you get more friends, life happens, things change. And it's important to just accept that and realize that the changes can be different. They can be better. Sometimes they're worse, but it's okay. That's just part of life. It was the message that came through on this. Big thank you to Ryan for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Norman Didn't Do It. Yes, he did. Check out the show notes to learn more about Ryan and his other fabulous books. And don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode. We would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy Happy looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirstie Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call.